The Rock and Roll and Coffee Show is brought to you by Writers and Rockers Coffee Company, keeping the music and memories alive with some damn good coffee. Be sure to pick up your Rock and Roll and Coffee Show coffee only at writersandrockerscoffee.com. And also brought to you by Retroactive, located at Broadway at the Beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, keeping you retro with everything from 70s, 80s, and 90s. Shopretroactive.com. Twenty twenty three. Since we're in twenty twenty three, let's talk about some new releases you've got coming up with Golden Robots. Because I know one that I've been looking forward to is Faster Pussycat. We're going to see yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. We're um. So it, it, look, as a company, we've sort of morphed and changed a bit. I mean, as we've got the bigger beds and as we've got more things going on, we've sort of changed the way that we've done things where I wanted a roster of a 1,000 bands, it's just not economically viable because one big band is like dealing with 20 bands. So you've got to have the right resources in place. So we've been sort of going through our roster and moving a few things to other labels and moving on from other things, et cetera, et cetera. So now I'm really excited about some of these bigger releases because you can give them really the time they deserve. Not that we weren't doing that before. Of course we were, but now we really can focus on different things. So, yeah, look, there is some great releases coming up, let's say, between now and the next 12 months. Um, Faster Pussycat, yes. We've already done a couple. We did Like a Ghost um, on this really beautiful 7-inch, um, which is on our store. There's some signed copies on our store. Um, we did a, a nice 7-inch there. There's another couple of singles coming out. And then I'm hoping, you know, Tammy will go to um, put all those onto either an EP or an album, definitely. But there's definitely a new single coming up, and I would say we will do a vinyl of that as well, as in a seven-inch final. But those guys, they were out in Australia recently on tour and I saw them. Um, and when I'm in LA, I catch up with Tammy as much as I can. He's a really good guy. Um, their music is probably better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I'd have they're to really agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're tight. Um, yeah, it's super good. Super, super good band. Yeah, yeah. And then um, how about Filter? What we got going with Filter? I know they just released a new song, right? Yeah, Face Down. Look, this is going to be a huge album. I mean, it was Richard's birthday. What is it there? Is it the 10th there today? I think his birthday was today, yes. Today? Yeah, 10th of May. Um, Richard Patrick is a real, you know, he's an incredible, incredibly nice guy. He's um, uh, a lot more... Uh, well-known than I originally thought when we signed Filter. I knew Filter had had their hits, et cetera, absolutely no doubt. But he's really well-revered. He's really loved Richard. He's got his own views on the world, um, and that's cool. Everybody does. but And, and I like that because he he's not backward and coming forward about that. Uh, but this new album, 
is going to be massive. It's it's as good as anything he originally did um, with Take a Picture and et cetera, et cetera, Short Bus. I think the album is called Short Bus. Um, it's that good. It's that good that we were having troubles picking the singles. That's how good That's it is. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's 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 um as I said before, without sort of bringing in more senior management into the company, I've got an incredible um new head of labels, a guy called Nick Ponticos, that's ex major labels in Australia, and he was having trouble picking the the, the singles. Um, very exciting. Face Down just came out. We've already released for the beaten, and Face Down's just come out, and then there'll be another one or two songs. Um, potentially before the album drops in you know August around August, and he's out on tour. He's got some. Um, there's a couple of great um, you know internet live performances coming up. But then he's out with um, I think it's Ministry Alice Cooper, um, Ministry Alice Cooper, um, and a couple of other bands on that bill. And apparently, it's selling very very well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Filters album this year is going to be huge. And we're going to do a really beautiful run of limited edition vinyl. Um, we're going to do a beautiful run of CD, everything limited edition. It's going to be fabulous. I'm very excited. And he's a great guy to work with. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Now, yeah. you had mentioned you're going to do maybe, you know, another single or two before that album comes out. Is that that the way to go now when releasing songs and albums is do like four songs and then release the album? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, things have definitely changed. Over COVID, there was that you, you tended to want to stretch the album cycle out because while we were going through COVID, the bands weren't um, touring. They weren't recording because you couldn't get into the studio. So ultimately you were in a position where you had to stretch the life cycle of the album out. So, you know, where you went from two um singles you ended up probably going to four singles maybe five i remember the um riley's la guns album renegades we did four or five singles something like that um their new album's coming out we'll talk about that in a minute um so i i would say that's changed so that model has switched around again now where there's too many singles coming out look there's a hundred thousand songs a day dropping on spotify so I don't think we have to add to that too much. I think there can be too much coming out. So I think we tend to keep, we, we want to tend to keep to at least two singles now and no more and then drop the EP or the album. But I've got to say, I'm a big fan of EPs. I think EPs are great. Four or five songs, maximum six, get it out there, punch, punch, punch. Everyone loves what they're listening to. Um, and then you move on to maybe another EP and then an album. I think an album, a drawn-out album, I'm not such a fan of these days. I think it's more about getting it short and punchy and getting music out to the fans. Um, but to answer your question, I reckon two singles and then an album is the go these days, definitely. Yeah. What When you put out a single, I mean, what's the life of a single these days? I mean, I want to say you get a good week or two out of it and then it starts to fall. Is that kind of how it goes? Depends on the band. If you've got a band like Filter that we've just been talking about, you know, you're going to have a potential radio campaign around that. So that that single could be alive for months, months on the radio, and you could be pushing that out on the radio. So 
Um, it just depends on the band. It depends on their touring schedule. And it depends if it takes off. If it takes off just normally and you're not pushing it to radio, well, that's something that can, can keep going on and continuing. That is your hope. That's your hope. Your hope is that it does, um, you know, uh, take off, whether it, whether it's got a radio. I mean, I've got this big issue with um, American radio at the moment because, you know, it's a big, it's a big thing to crack, but ultimately um, it's frightfully expensive to break a band on US radio. And is it worth it anymore? Right. Is it worth it? You know, is it worth That's the, the question? drop a hundred grand on the radio? Um, there's these things called US gatekeepers, radio gatekeepers, and someone's making money out there. Uh-oh. Yeah, someone's <laughs> making money. Um, uh, you know, you said that, I always said that if you came back as somebody else, you'd want to come back as a Persian cat to a rich family because you know you're going to get looked after. I want to come right. back as a US radio gatekeeper. <laughs> right, right. Someone's making bucks, let me tell you. So, yeah, yeah so it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So um, now you've also signed recently Stephen Piercy to your label. Um, I think you still got Jizzy on your label, right? Yeah. Um, Stephen's um, doing an incredible legacy box set. I saw the list the I other day. It. So it's this, it's this legacy box set of from all the bands he was in. Yeah, Mickey Rat, Rat. I think it was Arcadia. I think the name of one of the bands was. Arcade. Mm-hmm. Arcade, thank mm-hmm. you. So all these different um, bands that he was involved with, there's sort of like three or four songs from that era, but stuff that hasn't been released. Because I know there's a lot of, like, for example, Round and Round. I know there's a lot of different versions of Round and Round out there, but what we've got is really um, unique. So we're going to do a real beautiful, um, um, uh I don't know. I don't know how we're going to package it yet, but it'll be something really unique and and lovely. And I tell you what, I think Atlantic just dropped four or five of those early Rat albums, and that's done really well. So to be involved in that legacy is great, and I'm excited because I've got you know Riley's LA Guns, I've got Steve Pearcey Rat, and um, Faster Pussycat. So outside of you know Guns and Roses, Motley Crue, Poison, that you know those other bands were in there the whole way. So it's yeah. great to have those three across the roster. Yeah, you think? Let me ask you this: You think Rat will ever do that reunion? Ooh, there's a lot of. Uh, <laughs> there's I mean, been a lot of talk about it. I know. I know. Look, I mean, I know that that Geico commercial. Remember the Geico commercial? Mm-hmm. I think it was last year before. Had round and round. Yeah, of course. And Stephen was on it. Fabulous commercial. Um, yeah, that was great. If your listeners haven't seen it, they should look it up. Um, Geico round and round. It's yeah. such a great commercial. Rats in um, the attic. Yeah, is there a rat problem here? <laughs> that That's fun. great. Whoever came up with that, that was fantastic. It's brilliant. Um, so, look, Stephen's in great health. He's firing on all cylinders. His tours are doing fantastic. Um, he's got some big things planned for the end of this year. Um, and I'm I'm super excited to be involved in any way with a guy like that. So, um, and he's a super nice guy. And and I'm just to have that legacy album on Golden Robots, fantastic. So it's sort of, that's what I love about this. I mean, you know, we've got a few different labels, but I love the eclecticness of Golden Robot where you can have a rat album, but it's sitting next to Bass Drummer Death. Bass yes. Drummer Death being a band that's 
could take over America. They're doing really, really well, but they're sitting on the roster with Rat or, or The Answer out of Ireland, who have got the number one album at the moment in the UK. Thanks very much. Yeah, um, wow. Which is, yeah, it's very soft. Thank you. Um, and doing very well over Europe. So it's great to see that kind of roster. That And look, I, if I had a dollar for everyone that said to me, no, your roster is very much like Interscope was in the early days, that would be fantastic. Um, and I and I think that that is right. I think that it, it is that kind of roster. Um, and it's exciting to be able to work, the, you know, the team to work on a bass drummer death, work on a filter, work on Devo, and then, you know, play with a faster pussycat track. I think that's super cool. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Speaking of bass drummer death, you know, I'm not real familiar with them, but I did hear them, um, I believe, on your YouTube channel. That's where oh, I caught them. Um, yeah, good. Tell good. me a little bit about them, because I'm not familiar with them. Well, they're a good band. They're a, they're a, um, they come from Oxford, Mississippi. They're sort of like a lo-fi um, duo. Um, um, but, you know, there's, there's, I think there's three of them. I think there's two or three, there's three of them in the band. Um and they're um, just they're just hitting a chord. I mean, their first their first album came out in two thousand and eight, so it's certainly not oh, really? a. I think it was an EP um, that came out two thousand and eight. So there's certainly not a you know overnight success of been working at it. Um, uh, Stain Stick Skin, I think that was the name of the EP, um, which came out on Fat Possum. Um, sort of set everything up for them, and they came out with a, a couple of longer albums. But we're partnership with um, Fat Possum to put out Say I Won't, which is out now um, in We've Got Australia and New Zealand. They're about to tour here later on in the year. So it's very exciting. They're, they're just that new sort of, um, uh, you know, young um, happening band that's hitting a chord with people. You've heard the music. You sort of yeah, see what it's like. It's good stuff. Yeah, I like that vibe. I like that sound. Um, and I think it's very fresh and very relevant. And as with anything, if you've got songs that are authentic and genuine, then you're in a position where it's, it's going to take off at some point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And the answer as well, are, they've been around a long time. Ants have been around a long time. The answer has been around, well, I was a fan of the answer well before I started Golden Robot. So, you know, one of their albums just turned 10 years old. So I would probably say, yeah, I would probably say they would have to have been around 20 years, um, yeah. 20 years. They hadn't done anything in seven, so that would be about right. Um, look, this started in 2019. At one point, the answer was that well-known and big. They were, it was the answer in U2 coming out of Ireland. Um, they're a great rock band. They were on Alberts in the early days, which is a great Aussie label and that have got Rose Tattoo, and, you know, we've done five Rose Tattoo albums, um, The Angels and, all, and and Vander and Young and all these great bands came out of Alberts. Um, they were on Alberts in the early days. And they came out with two or three fantastic albums, then sort of, you know, you know, all those all the bands go through their own period, come out with an album and then take a break. And they took a break for about seven years. During that seven years, I contacted management and said, look, I'm a fan I've got um, a great label. I'd love to get involved. And um, we did a deal. And that was in 2019. And then obviously we were working through that. COVID hit, delayed everything. But we finally came out and dropped the album on um, uh, St. Patrick's Day. 
and it's done really well. It, it hit um, quite a few charts. It hit number one in the UK. On, I believe it was the iTunes Rock charts. Um, the, there's a whole lot of different editions of vinyl and CD, and it's done really well. And they're like on an 18-month tour now, and they're the nicest guys in the world. Cormac, the lead singer, is just brilliant. Um, all the other boys are, uh, you know, they're a bit older now. They're probably, sure. I don't know how old they are. Probably late 30s maybe, mm. um, early 40s, maybe, probably late 30s. Good guys, brilliant musicians, very professional, very sharp, very focused, very tight as a band. So they deserve the success. And you know what, mate? It's a fabulous album. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's a fucking great album. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, Sundown is a great album. It is. Album. It is a really good album. You know, I was checking them out um, the other day. I was listening to them, and I went back a little bit in their catalog. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was their first record. I forget what it was called. But um Reminded me of a band, that record anyway, what I was listening to, reminded me of a band called Cry of Love. Do you remember them? No, no. Good band. Really good band. Um, I think the guitar player in Cry of Love, I think Audie, Audie, I forget his name. I think he's in Black Crows now, or he was. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, check him out. It reminded me of them a lot. And uh, Yeah, I will. I'll write it down and check them out. I mean, you know, their earlier albums... um, uh, were very, yeah, I think the earliest stuff was about, yeah, I'm probably making them too old. The earliest stuff I think was maybe 13, 12, 13, something like that. So what's that, seven, uh, yeah, yeah, 10 or 12 years. I better not say 20 years. They're not that old, these guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the earliest stuff, that Rise album is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic album. If anyone wants to hear a great album, listen to Rise by The Answer. And yeah. compare it to Sundowners, and you can see it's the same band. They're just matured and growing up. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. And then, you know, another thing that I recognized on your your uh, artist, there was an interesting one called, I think it was Shepherd's Rain. Is that correct? Yeah, good good call. Good what, pick. Yeah, tell me about them, because that was very interesting what I watched yeah, good, on that. Good, good story behind that. Um by the way, I just I'm just doing a new deal with Jizzy at the moment. So we because you asked me about Jizzy, we yeah. did his album, I think last year, Hell California, Hell yeah. Hell's We're about to do a new, he's about to go and record a new album, which is exciting. Nice. Um just to answer that question. Um look, Shepherd's Rain, man. Shepherd's Rain. Look, I was at the um uh, Rainbow Rooms, I think it was the it must be the 50th anniversary. So was that, if we're 23, that was last April, I think, or something like that. I can't remember exactly. I, I, in fact, I can't remember. I can't remember what I did last Saturday, <laughs> let alone what I did in LA. I'm with you, my friend. I'm with you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, um, I have, uh, I've been diagnosed with craft disease, and that's can't remember a fucking thing. Um, <laughs> that's what so, I must have. Yeah, you must have it. Um <laughs> So I was at that 50th anniversary of the Rainbow Room and Steve Piercy was um, uh, headlining uh, that that day. And I was there with um, Brett Scallion from Fuel and, and uh, Jagger, my son, was with me and a few other people. And um, I'm sitting there by the end of the night with, you know, the owner, you know, the owner of the Rainbow, same owner as um, Whiskey, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And by the end of the night, you know, everyone had a few drinks um, and there was one table there. And next to me was um, 
the manager of Motorhead. And um, he started talking to me about Motorhead and um, everything else that, you know, he'd been through, et cetera, and he'd managed Motorhead for 30 years and said, I've got this great band uh, in New Zealand called Shepherd's Rain. I said, great, let's have a talk about it. So, you know, we talked about it for quite a while and then I ended up working with um, his two offsiders. One of the offsiders, his offsiders, Steph, works with Metallica and is really well known in the scene and you've just got really good people overseeing these guys. So we started doing the deal and we put the deal together um, and these guys are the real deal. It's very tribal. Um, it's almost they could be the next Sepultura. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's very exciting. They're they're very proud of their heritage. They're all from um, South Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, you know, Polynesian by by birth, um, and you know they're the kind of guys you don't want to meet in a in a in a, in a back alley. Let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, they're big. No, it looks like that. Yeah, and you know everything they've done is right. And as far as you know, all the videos that they've done, they're very powerful live. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to put the album out this year. And there, Shepherd's Rain is one hundred percent a band to watch, a hundred percent. Yeah, good stuff. So that came good out stuff. from a, a, you know, a meeting in LA, which was why I go to LA all the time to network. Yeah. When's the last time you've been out there? I was just there. I was just there in February, um, and it was a disaster because the plane across from Australia should take. Um, 12 hours, and remember, whether you remember or not, there's been some really bad storms and weather in LA over the last few months, Mm -hmm. and on this particular Friday night, they shut down LAX for half an hour. So it was a nightmare, and we went to Phoenix, and then across from that wouldn't land in Phoenix, we had to go to Las Vegas. We were literally stuck at Vegas Airport for 10 hours. Um, Uh, and You can't get off the plane, could you? No, no, they let us off, but they wouldn't let us out of the airport and they wouldn't give us our bags. Mm. So uh, it was a nightmare. So um, we stayed in Vegas, uh, left the next day, no communication, no telling us what was going on. Anyway, I got to LA 40 hours later, but I got I ended up getting sick. I ended up getting bad flu. Um, and then I ended up at the end of the trip getting COVID for the second time in LA. Yeah. Um, Oh, so it was a nightmare. And I've had five boosters and I caught COVID again. Yeah. So, yeah, it it wasn't – I didn't have a good run with it, um, unfortunately. And uh, But I had a good trip. I, I, in fact, that trip was the one where I went to the listening party or the listening sessions for the new Filter album. Okay. And I heard it for the first time in its entirety and it was just a fabulous – Well, at least you got that out of the trip, right? Oh yeah, no, I got a lot out of the trip. I had it was a good trip. I just wasn't feeling that good. But I, I think I'll be back in late June. It's my birthday on the twenty first of this month, so I'll be around for that. And then June or July, I'll go back for a few weeks. That was a very quick trip. Having a quick trip to LA never works. I need to get there for two or three weeks and just camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the best. Well, happy birthday! What are you? How old? Twenty five now. A little bit older. Oh, okay. A little bit older. A little bit old. Fifty five. Old. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't you know, far off. I, I think fifty-five is just things start to not work. You know, <laughs> you know, well, things start to hurt. Yeah, no, you I know? just turned fifty in December, uh, and uh, the day that I turned fifty on my birthday, I had to go yeah. in for heart tests. 
<laughs> and then it's I get a te- text telling me I need the shingles shot. Yeah, I've had I had shingles once. I had a, like a little thing there or that. That's quite painful. Is it? Yeah, well, yeah, I haven't had I haven't had the shot either. But yeah, as soon as I turned fifty, everything was like what in the world everything. going downhill. In Australia, not, well, we won't digress. But in Australia, the government's really good. I mean, I've got to say, your healthcare system is a fucking disaster. Yeah, everybody um, knows that. I, I went in there to get it um, to get the the COVID pills. And in Australia, you go and get it and it's $30 um, and the government pays for it. Mm. I went over there to the doctor. I was in there for four minutes and they charged me 1300 US. <laughs> I mean, it's no wonder. It's no wonder no one's getting any medication. I don't mean no the wonder, laugh, but it, it, it's, it is a joke. It's, it's a, a disaster. Joke. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, back to music. Back to music. <laughs> back off our decrepit old bodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I want to ask you? There's been a lot. Well, the whole Motley Crue thing that came out recently with Mick and, you know, the backing tracks. What are your thoughts on bands using backing tracks? Well, I, I, I remember my first concert when I was 15 was Devo. And I remember sitting there in, a, in a Sydney in the Hall of Pavilion and watching Devo and they were, they were all doing their thing that they used to do in those days in unison. And I remember watching them, and I was 15, so 40 years ago, and I'm watching them, and they're syncing to the lip syncing to the songs. And um, I just thought, oh, is that what's done? And that was pretty pretty common back then. Yeah. Um, and there's been, you know, occasions since then where high-profile people have been caught out. Um, I, I, I'm not into it at all. I'm You're in not. the live. Nah. I'm in the live. If you can't do it, get someone else to do it. I remember seeing uh, Black Sabbath um, come to Australia and Bill Ward didn't make that tour for whatever reason and they had, um, what's his name, that brilliant drummer, young guy, um, not Josh Freeze, the other one that's really well known. Uh, anyway, he, he did the tour for them. And I thought, look, would have been great to see Bill, but you know what? If he can't do the tour for whatever reason or can't, you know, the drummer is so important to a band like that to keep them in time and keep them in check, then put someone else in. So I thought that that was, um, it's the the drummer's the guy that's married to that actress, um, the famous actress. She was on um, uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie, Juliette Lewis's husband. Mm, oh, my God. I'm, I getting, don't know. I'm, getting, I'm getting warmer. You're, you're almost it's, there. I'm almost there. I have there. no clue, so I can't guess. That's all right. That's all right. Um, um, he's good looking. He's a good looking rooster too. Um, so I thought that that was the right thing to do to put him in instead of Bill because it made the whole show great. There was, you know, I'd rather a replacement drummer than a band that's out of time. So no, I'm not into it. I don't agree with it at all. Mm. See, I don't know. I don't think I mind it too much just because. What scenario are you talking about that you don't mind? Well, I mean, if there's some if there's some backing vocals on there, I don't mind. If there's some backing instruments, okay. Backing vocals playing live is okay, but backing instruments. I mean, I mean you got a U two concert. They're not. They're not. They're not uh, got backing vocals. I mean, they're, they're they're doing everything. They're doing everything live. Sure. Yeah, and a lot of bands do, but uh, you know, and I know that that stuff's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I my only gripe with it is if if you're going to do it, just say you're doing it. Don't try and hide it. You know, 
Yeah. I think, I but think. But do they really want to say that? Well, then if you don't want to say it, don't do it. But yeah. if you're going to do it, just say it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 um, uh, yeah, uh, look, it's, it's so controversial, um, that, uh, I just feel that, um, yeah, uh, I just feel it. It's it's way too controversial to even get involved with. Um, I just don't think you should do it. I think you should just keep it like Brad Wilk. It's doing my head in. <laughs> you got Brad it. Wilk, the drummer. <laughs> Brad Wilk. That's why I was distracted. Um, um, he's a great drummer. I, I just, I just feel no. I just, I, I'm old school man. Just sure. Led Zeppelin wouldn't have done it, so no one else should. <laughs> well, we know that you, everything is Zeppelin for you. So <laughs> everything's Zeppelin. I've got to say. Controvert talk about controversial. You know, a lot of people either love or hate Greta Van Fleet. I've got to say, their new single is awesome. Greta Van Fleet. Their new single is awesome, and I'm, you know, people might shoot you down for that, but um, me down for that. But it's called Meeting the Master. I think it's great. I like what they do. I think they're not the best songwriters in the world, and they're not this and they're not that. But I like listening to the music. You know, I say I say this all the time, Joe. They can take away whoever they are. They can take away your house, your car, your wife, your money, whatever. But no one can ever take away the way music makes you feel. So, and that's why I love this industry because, you know, we get goosebumps when we listen to a song. And I listen to a song like Meeting the Master and I think it's absolutely brilliant. And it makes me sing. It makes me play air guitar. It makes me want to put it on again. That's what it's, yeah. Don't you think that's what it's all about? Of course. Yeah. I mean, music is, is everything pretty much everything. controls and, you, <laughs> you know, as like, you know, we're talking about our bodies going, if I was going to, if I had to lose a sense, I'd rather lose my eyes and my ears. Mm -hmm. I'd rather, yeah. otherwise, that's I'm, a tough one. I don't know what it, but... <laughs> I've seen enough. We've seen, mate, we've seen, seen everything. Enough. We've seen enough. <laughs> we've seen enough. Don't forget fifties and new 30. That's right. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you know, and some other things in the music scene right now, you know, a lot of these bands, well, a handful of them right now are throwing the flag in, calling it a day. Mm. What do we, uh, I mean, what's coming up after them? Well, well, it depends who you're talking about. You know, Rolling Stones have got a brand new album about to come out. Yeah, but you know, and I know they're not going to be there too much longer either. Yeah, but the legacy will be. You know, I was talking, I did an interview last night on a radio station in Australia and we're talking about bands and I've got this segment where it's called Ask the Robot and they send in questions and I was answering them and I was talking about, you know, what do you, what, what do you got to get right about your band and what you got to get right about your band is your narrative. What do you stand for? And when you look at a band like the Stones, Zeppelin, et cetera, they got their narrative right. Everybody still knows to this day what they stood for and what they did and who they are. And I think that, you know, bands that have given it a go, look, I see bands all the time that should be doing better than they have been. They, they've got brilliant songs, um, but they're, I'm talking to a band at the moment. Um, well, I'll say the name because it doesn't worry me. They're a great band. They're called Blackwater Conspiracy. Okay. Blackwater Conspiracy. Um, out of the UK, um, not huge numbers. You know, one song's 100,000, one song's 30,000. You, know, you, you, you compare that to a, a faster pussycat or a filter uh, who's got hundreds of millions of streams, it's, it's not a lot, and only 1,300 monthly listeners. And you look at a band like that and you think, 
you know, some of their songs should be in the millions and millions and millions, but it's just that disconnect there. And, you know, hopefully we'll do a deal and sign them and help them get that disconnect back. But I see bands, not necessarily like them, but bands, yeah, calling it a day because they're just sick of the grind. They've done it for long enough and it's like, I just can't do this anymore. We didn't either achieve what we thought we would, what we deserve to achieve, we didn't achieve, um, or they've been fucked over by a record label. I mean, these guys had another band before that that was very successful. They were on another label, I won't say who, and they got fucked over. And they stopped that band and created another band. So I think there's a whole lot of reasons. I mean, give me an example of who you're talking about. Well, like, you know, Aerosmith's doing their final tour. Kicks just announced they're going to do their last show in September. You know, a lot of these bands that have been around, these bigger bands, are going to go away. But are they? I mean, Kiss has done a final tour for the last 20 years. Well, I think Kiss is going to call it a day as Kiss, but I think Gene and, you know, they're going to do their own thing still. I think so. I, I had an interesting conversation with Doc McGee when he was in Australia, and he said to me, um, something like this. He said to me, um, I said, he said, you know, Kiss as Paul and Jean will be done. This is it. But who's to say the Kiss name won't go on? And that's a really interesting thought. So can you imagine a band, right, because it's never been done before, but can you imagine four young guys or young girls, whatever, really musicians dressed up, and they go out as KISS, sanctioned by KISS. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but can you imagine? Would you go? Isn't that what Foreigner did? (laughs) Isn't that what a lot of these bands are doing? (laughs) You look at Rose Tattoo. Rose Tattoo, it's all, it's angry singing, sure, but it's all other people that are new, basically. Um, When the drummer's come back, he was was, um, in prison, and he's come back. But other than that, there's a lot of bands out there with, one original member that are still going out there. So is that not too much of a stretch to keep the name? I mean, here's a great example, Little River Band. There's no original members in Little River Band. I think the longest members are keyboardists, and I don't know how long that's been, but I did an album on our country sort of folk label, Social Family Records, a few years back with Glenn Shorick, the original singer of Little River Band. Have you heard of Little River Band? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. I mean, these you know, you talk about Midnight Oil and Men at Work and In Excess. These cats sold 30 or 40 million albums, Little River Band. They were the Australian Eagles, basically. Um, they they really screwed up because I don't know the ins and outs of the legalities, but the original members don't own the name from what I can tell. And you've got another whole band out there with maybe the keyboardist from the original. I don't even think he was from the original lineup out there touring those little river band. Now, that's a whole nother show. Is that right? Yeah. Can you do that? Can you go out there and charge um, 80 to $100 for a ticket and it's actually not the original band? Can you do that? Is that right? It's probably not right, but it can be done. Well, it's being done. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. And I'm not suggesting I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that um, Little River Band are doing that. But there is bands doing that out there that it's not the original band. I think, you know, for bands to be to come back and be successful, it's got to be the original members. Now, the biggest 
the biggest reunion show of all. Yes, I agree with you with Rat. That'll be fantastic if Warren and 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 Stephen could work all their stuff out. If they could, great, fantastic. But the biggest reunion of all time, in my opinion, would be Oasis. You like Oasis? They're huge. You know, huge. <laughs> do you know? Do you know still to this day how huge that band is? I I've know. got I've got bands in England. I'm just looking for my little. I have this little thing on my desk somewhere that's a little coin from Oasis, but I can't find it. Uh, oh, there it is. My little 25th anniversary Oasis coin. Um, still to this day, I've got bands on the roster. Um, we've got a band doing really well in uh, the UK called Roller, and they have that Britpop sound. And Oasis are responsible for a lot of bands sounding like they did. And that that sound that was created in the early nineties with Blur and Stone Roses and Oasis, etc. But if they can, I'm telling you, if they can put that back together um, with hopefully original members, obviously Liam and Noel, um, that'll be arena tours all over the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no doubt. Huge, hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. I'll I'll learn from that. Yeah. Well, speaking of bands and. Uh other names and everything. You mentioned Riley's LA Guns. Yep. What do, what do they got going on? So their new album um, is going to come out later on this year. Um, there's a new single about to drop. They just did that M3 festival, but apparently they were brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Um, it's still got uh, Steve, Riley, Kurt um, singing, Scotty, and obviously Kelly Nichols on bass. Compared to Renegades, it's a much more sophisticated album. Um, I think that Riley's LA Guns um, has created their own sound. Uh, We've also done a couple of versions of their older catalogue, which is great. They've done a a refreshed version, uh, which I'm excited for people to hear their Riley's LA Guns versions. And, you know, there's been so much controversy about it all between the two L.A. guns, et cetera, and is there a room in this world for two L.A. guns? Well, clearly there is because Tracy's and Phil are doing their thing. Kelly and Steve are doing their thing. Um, I think it's exciting. I think it's good. As long as you're up front, like we were talking before, about what it is, and we were from the very early days, everybody's name is on it. So so the fans 100% are, um, um, the fans 100% know who's on the album, who's playing live, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think you're trying to fool anyone because it's there. There's always people will love one or not the other. But, um, uh, but I think that there's absolutely no doubt uh, in my mind that, Steve Riley has every right to uh, put an album out with the moniker of LA Guns. Absolutely no doubt. No when, doubt. When is it coming out? Is there a date? There's not a date yet, but it'll be later on this year. There'll be a new single out shortly. Okay. And the artwork, again, is done by Kelly, and it's fabulous. And that'll be in all limited edition vinyl and CD, et cetera. That's the way to go now, isn't it? Limited edition vinyl. Uh, look, definitely. Uh, vinyl is a piece of merch. I've been doing a lot of those seven-inch singles lately for bands. There's a new, there's actually a seven-inch on our website for Filter at the moment with For the Beaten. Um, actually, he's got another band um, 
um, Richard, um, I was going to say View to Kill. I just can't think of the name of the band. Um, he's got another band that is um, on the on the seven inch, the split of the seven inch on the other side. I think it's called A Place to Kill, and it's with um, his photographer, um, who's an incredible musician. And they've got this like real heavy band um, that we'll do something with after the Filter albums come out. But that split seven inches. It's, I think it's called A Place to Kill and Filter. It's really cool. And Richard's signing a whole lot of copies. So that's a limited issue. So to answer your question, yes, I think limited edition merch, seven inch, um, you know, limited T-shirts, vinyl. I mean, I'm the I, I'm such an audiophile. I've got a room here full of vinyls and I would get a new vinyl. I just got um, the new reissued um, Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory arrived yesterday. So I've got all these incredible vinyls when I've got a beautiful system, but I never play them. I don't know what it is, but I still collect them. And I've got so many. I've had to, on. there's a great app called Vinyl Box, which connects to Discogs. Anyone that's collecting albums has got to do this. You, it takes a bit of time, but once you get it right, it's, it's perfect. So you know Discogs? Mm-hmm. You could put your collection on that. Right. So not only can you see what it's worth in the marketplace, it's, if it's like me with craft disease and I can't remember anything, <laughs> I just log in on my phone or on my computer and I see, oh, what Midnight Oil albums have I got or what, what um, um, you know, do I have hybrid theory or do I, how many, how many versions of um, uh, um, Led Zeppelin 4 do I have? So you've got this app called Vinyl Box and Vinyl you download it. Down. Yeah, Vinyl Box and you download it. And um, you, let's have a look here. There, there it is there, right? So Vulnerbox. So what happens is okay. you go along and it gives you the ability to scan the barcode. So you right. go and scan the barcode um, of the vinyl and you go add to, yeah, you do it, and then you add it to your collection. So I had hybrid theory there today, which is in there, and normally just so they add your collection. So you add it and it goes on the discogs because it's connected. So you've got this incredible everything in one place. I had my son a few years ago just go along and, and you know, put it all in. He was scanning everything and et cetera. And if you can't scan it because it doesn't have a barcode, you can write in, oh, my God, it's changed my life. So I know exactly what I've got and what I don't have. Does it, if you scan something to put in there, does it tell you if you already have it? Yes. Yeah, because it comes up in collection. Right. And I've got... You know, say I, I started my collection quite a long time ago with I bought this first pressing collection. Unfortunately, through a, a dealer in Sydney, a record dealer, uh, he had a um, an estate for, a, I was going to say a young guy, I think. Actually, I think he was young. He was like in his 40s. He passed away and he had this incredible first, um, uh, first pressing collection of unopened, sealed albums from the 70s. And 80s, Zeppelin Stones, who, all that kind of stuff. And I bought, I, he said, go and pick what you want. In hindsight, I should have taken the whole thing. If there was 10,000 albums there, I probably took 5,000, four, 5,000. 5, I should have taken the whole thing. But anyway, um, can't regret. And I started my collection. Because when I was young, I remember when my parents got divorced in 1980, I listened to ACDC back in black. Just kept listening to that album the whole way. I was 13 to get me through that divorce. So I had this great collection back then, but like everyone, we threw them all out. 
Yeah. Only the only the smart people kept theirs. <laughs> so um because uh, they're worth a fortune today. But I bought this collection and I sort of started it again and then have been adding on it. And obviously over the last eight to ten years with Golden Robot, I, you can imagine how many vinyls sure. I get sent. And, and even our own stuff I do on vinyl. But um vinyl's the best. I just wish we played it. It's it's <laughs> Almost like my Harleys and Indians. I've got these Harleys sitting there. I never ride anything. It's like, what do we do all day? What are we doing? Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I need to get that app. You know, speaking of craft disease, you know, I, I'm a fan of Skid Row. When their new album came out, I pre-ordered it. Well, I pre-ordered yeah. that thing three times because I didn't remember I pre-ordered it. So on the day of the release, I got three records in the mail. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's you've got craft disease, man. I do. I told you. I told you. Yeah, you, you do. But you forgot your top. <laughs> See. <laughs> All right, man. Well, before I let you go, let me ask you one more question. Sure. Australian bands. What's your, which one's your favorite? Uh, ones that are taken off, or ones that like overall in yeah. legendary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, man. I, I'm going through this real midnight oil stage at the moment. Um, I can't stop listening to Blue Sky Mine. Um, uh, Earth, Sun and Moon, some of their back catalogue. I mean, I grew up with Midnight Oil. There's a couple of really great songs. There's a couple of great bands. Midnight Oil, obviously in excess is in there, ACDC, et cetera, et cetera. But for your listeners, if you want to get into some really good guys that are Australian, we're about to release an album for a guy from a guy called Nick Barker. And Nick Barker is one of the best songwriters in Australia. Nick Barker I love. Um, there's a couple of bands coming up through our rosters, Stone Trip. They're actually getting some some buzz in America, Stone Trip. Great band, Stone Trip. Yeah, Stone Trip, Shotgun Mistress, The Vendettas, The Mean Times. Um, there's some really good bands coming through Australia. Um, Cold Iron Bounds are a great band. So I, I'm excited by those. But, mate, look, this is the problem. My wife has a go at me all the time. She said to me the other day, and you can imagine how much music we have around us with sure. Golden Robot. She says, you just fucking listen to the same 20 songs all the time, <laughs> right? So on Spotify, there's this playlist called On like this called on Repeat, right? Now, am I going to embarrass the shit out of myself by reading you this? But listen to this, <laughs> right? Listen to this. Right? I'm actually going to fucking read this to you, right? <laughs> so this, will, this, this is what I listen to all the time. So number one song at the moment is that Greta Van Fleet song, right? So the more I listen to things, um, um, uh, the more I listen to things, um, the more it comes up on here, right? So number one at the moment is Greta Van Fleet meeting the master. Then I've got this little ditty from, remember Miami Vice? Yeah. I loved Jan Hammer. I loved his sort of... um, uh, you know, the way that he did his atmospheric sort of music. There's a song that he did called The Trial and the Search, which I listen to all the time. Then I go into Check It Out by John Mellencamp, Do It Again by Steely Dan, Slave to Love by Brian Ferry. Here's one for you. Daryl Hall and John Oates, Dance on Your Knees, <laughs> right? Sailing by Christopher Cross, Hot Dogs and Hamburgers by John Mellencamp, Stars of Warburton by Me Not All. Animal by Def Leppard, Blood Brothers by The Answer, Outbreak of Love, Me Not Oil. Now, do you remember this band, David and David? I don't. Oh, I don't. Welcome to the Boontown. One of those albums that came out, 86, 87, one album, never heard from them again. <laughs> David and 
tell your listeners, David, go look up that Welcome to the Boon Time album. Good. And then it goes down into, you know, all, all, all the whole, you know, Credence and in, in, in Excess, White Snake, um, Led Zeppelin. So I have this same 20, 30 songs I always listen to. And, look, when I read through that list, there's a lot of Aussie stuff on there, I suppose. Yeah. Which well, is, I mean, you grew up with it, right? Yeah, I did. Music was always very important to me. It's not just a fluke. I'm in the music business and my son's a top drummer and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I used to own pubs before I had the the record labels and yeah. we had about 30 hotels and we toured people in 1997. I brought out the Deftones to Australia and and the Helicopters oh. and Fu Manchu and all those bands. So it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of bands coming over to Australia lately, re- just recently, actually. There's been yeah. a few. Um, yeah. Do you attend those shows? Are they around you or no? Yeah, look, I do go to stuff, but i got to say, not as often. I don't go as often as I'm invited, mm-hmm. you know, I, especially living down here in the country. You've got the fire on and you've got to go back to Sydney. I tell you where I do go to a lot of stuff is when I'm in America. When I'm in L.A., um, I'm more, it's more of a vibe. It's more of a buzz. I'll go at two in the morning to the whiskey. We're here. You, you, there's no way in the world I'd get out of bed at two in the morning unless there was a fire. Yeah. <laughs> and even then I wouldn't get out of bed. <laughs> put the dooner over me. Yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to chat again. It's always great catching up with you. Got a lot of fun stuff coming up, I hear. You too, buddy. Let's stay in touch. Let's not make it so long. I think it's been it's been a while since I was on last. It has. It has. Let's just keep, you know, let's just keep this going. And for whatever we're doing, I think it's good for, I think it's great for rock and roll. So, you know, supporting rock and roll as much as we can. So as long as I'm on here talking to you, it means we're putting out good music. There you go. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate your time.